Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into a special edition, and I do mean special edition, of an Inside Carolina podcast. We have uh, the first fan, first sports fan. Uh, Governor Roy Cooper is joining Tommy Ashley and myself. First off, Governor Cooper, how are you? Great, Joey. Glad to be with you and Tommy. Thank you well, guys for the work work you do bringing such insight to Carolina athletics. That's fantastic. Well, See, now we're going to have to retire because I've never gotten a compliment from somebody in a in a <laughs> sitting governor's seat to, to say something like that. But, Governor, we wanted to speak with you today because, obviously, uh, there are some issues around college athletics that are very hot topics. And, and one in which you dove in headlong uh, yesterday in, in writing a letter to uh, the president of the NCAA, uh, former governor of, of Massachusetts uh, and, and NCAA President Baker, writing a letter to advocate for, for Tez Walker. And first thing I would ask you is, how did you hear about this situation? Well, let's first lay it out that I've never done anything like this before. Uh, people know me as a hardworking governor, but also uh, an avid sports fan. And obviously, I'm, I'm a big Carolina fan and a Carolina Hurricanes fan, in fact. And it's one of the things I like to do uh, in this, the little bit of spare time that I have. But I had some friends approach me about this case. I'd been reading about it off and on uh, because I do keep up with uh, Carolina recruiting and Carolina sports. And the basic unfairness of this, uh, with some of my friends who brought it, I started reading the, the case, particularly amidst the backdrop of the what is now the Wild West of the of the NCAA uh, with name, image, and likeness, which I think is a good thing, but obviously it, uh, it is not controlled at the moment. And with a transfer portal that's really out of control too, uh, seeing this North Carolina native, native, this young man whose family's here, who simply wanted to come home and, and play at the flagship institution after only having played for one other college football team. Everything was good. He was in classes for a couple of days. Then all of a sudden, boom, the rules change and he can't play anymore uh, this year. To me, that was a basic unfairness. And, you know, apparently there's another young man from Florida State uh, who is in the same situation. And apparently we hadn't talked about it. I've, I've met him one or two times. But I don't know him very well, but uh, Senator uh, Marco Rubio wrote a letter to President Charlie Baker on behalf of this Florida State player because of the same rule. I agree uh, with with what the NCAA is trying to do in curbing transfers and second transfers. I think that's a good thing. But to apply this retroactively uh, to Tez and as somebody who wants to come home to be with his ailing grandmother, who essentially really only played for one school. I think you can argue it's really debatable as to whether he is a two-time transfer. Uh, there ought to be 
an exception here. I think we've got broader issues with the NCAA. I'm, you know, I, I worked closely with Governor Baker, then Governor Baker of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts for years as I was governor of North Carolina. Uh, we, we had a lot of things in common. He's a Republican. I'm a Democrat, but we worked together on a lot of issues. And I know him to be extraordinarily competent, hardworking, insightful. I was really excited to hear that he had been appointed as president of the NCAA because I think he he has the ability to go in and, and tackle these problems. It's, it's sort of like wrestling a giant bear to the ground to be president of the NCAA right now. But I think he's somebody who's up to the task. So I just decided to to write him a letter about this uh, because of the gross unfairness of it. It's a, I think it's kind of a unique situation. Senator Rubio felt the same way about the young man from Florida State. And I'll tell you, with, with a North Carolina family, a North Carolina young man, uh, the, the unique, compelling issues around it, if it had been brought to my attention, I think I would have uh, done it for any person at any North Carolina school considering this situation here. So I did it. And I don't know what the NCAA is going to do. I don't think anybody ever knows, uh, particularly when there seems to be sometimes uh, uh, various rulings that people don't don't agree with. But, you know, I hope it helps and we'll see what happens. Governor, a lot of people ask, why does it matter for the governor of the state of North Carolina, any governor across the United States? So beyond what you've spoken about as far as the NCAA and Tez Walker and the young man from Florida State, why should this matter for you as a governor of the state of North Carolina? Well, you know, I think every person in North Carolina matters. Right now, I've been been working so hard because we know that thousands of North Carolinians are losing health insurance every single week. And it's one of the reasons why I've been pushing the legislature so hard to turn the key on this bipartisan agreement that we've all agreed to for Medicaid expansion that's going to get 600,000 families health insurance. Every one of those families matter. Uh, I've, I've talked to, to, to many of them, most of them just hardworking North Carolinians trying to make it, trying to build a, a, a life for themselves and their families. Everything's important. You know, I, I think this case with a, a young man who's, who, who wants to come back home be with his ailing grandmother. Uh, it's also a signal to the NCAA that, you know, you don't need to be uh, changing the rules in the middle of the game to unfairly affect uh, this young man and, and his family. I mean, he has a, he has a chance to be something special, uh, not only in college sports, but also uh, in life and maybe potentially in the pros. So I, you know, I, I'm also just a sports fan, <laughs> so it might be the kind of letter, if I even were not governor, it may be the kind of letter I would have written uh, either before or after, particularly knowing Charlie like I do. I just thought this was something. I, I, and in my letter to him, uh, I don't know if it was in my letter or, or when I communicated with him the other day, that uh, I know he's got hundred, hundreds of things to do, and this may not be something that's even risen to his level yet. I don't, I don't know. But I hope he'll take a, a good look at it. And I know Senator Rubio wants him to as well. So you mentioned kind of the Wild West that's going on in college athletics right now. Uh, specifically, we're seeing a lot of things right here in North Carolina with regard to what might happen with the ACC. Uh, you yeah. know, you're, looking at, you're looking at all these different realignments and things that are being proposed. 
how do the optics of these conferences in such a cash grab sit with you as a fan, but also as a governor? It, it both as a governor and and as a fan, it does not sit well with me to to see that these two big power conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten, gobbling up these schools and essentially decimating other conferences. The ACC now is sort of sitting in that almost no man's land here in in third place money wise, uh, but with amazing schools and an amazing structure. Uh, you know, I, I don't you know, the, with the way that the rules are written and the contract is written with the ACC is pretty tight. It's going to be a lot for a team to to get out or to try to get out. And I know Florida State's making noises about that. You know, I'd like to see it continue as as the ACC. I realize that the the money part of this is bothersome for the schools, but this this is a strong conference with great schools. I don't want to see any of our North Carolina schools uh, breaking out and going different places. It's the the history and tradition of the ACC uh, with University of North Carolina, NC State, Duke, and Wake Forest right here in this this state. We are the anchor of the ACC. I just don't want to see anything happen to it. Things are happening so fast, though. I don't I don't know what's going to happen, but I I would certainly encourage this conference to to work and try to make it. I know they they tried a bit uh, with Stanford and Cal out on the West Coast. That would have been a few tough away games for, for these young people. <laughs> Uh, but uh, in any event, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it all pans out. It, it certainly will be interesting. You mentioned the money aspect of it. I mean, it's just astronomical, um, that some of the numbers they're bandying about. And, and speaking of money, and we're sort of jumping around a little bit here, NIL, name, image, and likeness. Um, there's been some calls for you know, the government to get involved and to sort of set some, some guidelines. What do you think, and this may be a, a holistic question but what do you think the state legislature's role should be or could be in the nil debate i mean we, we talked about the transfer deal um yeah and how that's created a wild wild west but nil and, and the management or lack thereof of it as well in college sports has been a yeah. has been a huge thing well first i think it is a good thing for athletes to be able to make money off of their own name image and likeness particularly when schools and coaches have been been making money off of them for a long time. And I know the argument about it, they're getting a college education, room and board and all of that. But just look at what the real value is of, uh, of some of these players. Uh, they, have, uh, they have the, I think, the, the right and now they do to be able to make money off of their name, image, and likeness, that's a good thing. However, I think it can cause a real uh, imbalance in the NCAA. I, I would like to see the NCAA itself grab this, uh, make some rules. Uh, I, I think that potentially that congressional action might be needed. The state legislature, that's hard because, you know, you, you don't want to necessarily put your schools at a disadvantage uh, when it comes to competition with, with other schools across the country. Probably congressional action, if the government is going to get involved, is the best way to do it. I know that's hard. It's hard to get Congress to do anything. 
But uh, with guidance from the NCAA, that may be the best way to go. Last question for you, Governor, and we'll let you get back to running the state of North Carolina. Um, uh, you know, there's obviously a big, came in a big game coming up in Charlotte. I know you're a fan. So two questions. Do you have anything lined up as maybe a friendly wager with uh, Governor McMaster for the North Carolina-South Carolina game in Charlotte? And also, what are your expectations coming into the season for Drake May and Mac Brown's Tar Heels? Well, for one thing, I feel good about this team. You know, we all hope the defense has improved. That that's that that's the necessity. But when you've got the best college quarterback in the country, that's a pretty good advantage right there. Um, you've got a pretty good receiving core. We'll see how good it is. Maybe after this this case is is decided, we got four good running backs. Uh, I'm I'm excited about the league. You know, I think we probably have to bet vinegar-based barbecue versus mustard-based barbecue, and I'm not even sure I would even want to win that bet. What do you even – yeah, but, what do you do if you win but, that? <laughs> that's right. So, but, you know, it, it. we will see, I think, very early what kind of team we have uh, because, obviously, South Carolina will be a test. But it should be a fun season. Um, just just knowing that Matt, Coach Brown, has worked so hard to to recruit, I think – a good team and maybe an even better one next year. Although we likely won't have Drake May next year, but it, it'll be a fun year. The basketball team looks like uh, it has taken some good advantage of the transfer portal. And uh, you know, we, we've got RJ and Armando there as the base. I'd love to see coach Davis um, have an eight to nine man rotation here this year. And it looks like you've got the kind of team that maybe. You could do that, I would think, particularly with the, the, the latest couple of transfers with a couple of big young men in, in the middle there to help uh, Washington and, and Armando. So I don't know. It'll, it'll, it should be an interesting year. I'm, I hope I can get to a football game or two and a basketball game or two and look forward to, to, to the season. It's always, always fun. It's magical walking on, onto the Chapel Hill campus. I love to go. All three of my daughters graduated from Carolina. I'm obviously a double, double Tar Heel, so it's always fun to fun to go back. What's it like, real quick? What's it like being the first the first Tar Heel there in the middle of Raleigh? You know, I really don't feel I don't I, I don't feel that that special, uh, particularly when it comes to sports. Uh, I think I'm on a, on an even plane with everybody. Everybody has their own opinions. Um, I'll tell you, we are fortunate to have amazing schools in this state, like Duke University, like NC State. Um, you know, I I did I brought Coach Shashevsky over and and awarded him the Order of the of the Longleaf Pine, and it was really funny. He was he was he was very engaging with us, and he, he said nice things, and just was was really I I think the the kind of person that you know, is, is a strong leader in North Carolina. And one of, one of the young Carolina grads who, who, who worked on my staff came up to me and said, I kind of feel bad about hating him all these years. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, North Carolina state, uh, one of the great institutions in, in the country, particularly with, with the engineers that it produces and chancellor Woodson, we're just really fortunate, you know, 
some of us are so passionate about our fandom that sometimes that gets in the way of remembering how we're really all in this together. And as governor, I do get to see uh, how our great universities help me with economic development. Uh, people agree we have the best array of public and private universities in the country and the, the best community college system in the country. And that's really exciting. And that's what it's really all about. The, the, the sports are and should be secondary to, to all of this. And we have to remember that, but it's fun to be a fan and, 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 and it's fun to, to, to talk to your friends the day after you win. And it's tough to talk to them after you lose. So that's, that's the life of a sports fan. You have to shake it off and you have to go on, enjoy it, enjoy it while you can, but you can't, you can't let it. Uh, my dad was a, was a Wake Forest fan and went to Wake Forest. So he, he would have, he's not alive today, but he would have loved the success of Wake Forest. I saw an interesting uh, tweet or something the other day when Florida state is talking about leaving the conference. And I don't know if this is the exact numbers, but, some Wake Forest fan pointed, let, let it be noted that Wake Forest has won more football games in the last 10 years than Florida State or something like that. It was a certain number of years there. So he would have he would have loved it, but he he also would get very depressed when Wake Forest would lose. So he spent a lot of time <laughs> in depression <laughs> some, some, sometimes. But I'm, I'm the kind of fan that, that I'm – I really get into the game. I love it, but I can I – can, celebrate a win quickly and and shake off a loss quickly and realize that life goes on and uh there's there are a lot of things that we got to get done and i'm I, i'm grateful to the people in north carolina for giving me this chance to serve as governor of the greatest state in the country and appreciate what you guys do because i do love sports and uh you, you you may have heard my story i don't know if, if you've heard my story my claim to fame is not being governor my claim to fame is that one friday night in Rocky Mount High School, Jim, I, Roy Cooper, blocked Phil Ford shot. <laughs> we played well, for, for, for rival schools. He played for Rocky Mount. I played for Northern Nash. Phil got 52 points that night, but by God, he did not get 54. So that is awesome. Phil and I have had fun with that uh, over the years. It's actually, we triple teamed him. He had driven through two guys. Uh, <laughs> the, the ball was sort of shoulder high, and I slapped it out of bounds. It was a blocked shot, but it was not up at the rim or anything like that. <laughs> Phil's the greatest point guard in the history of, of, of our school. Now, you guys might have debated that, and, and you know Kenny the Jet might have something to say about that, but I still say Phil was the greatest point guard in the history uh, of, of our school. So. Governor, I'm, I'm curious as to why your staff hasn't put together a shirt of you uh, in your high school uniform, you know, Dikembe Mutombo waving your finger at Phil. That's Ford. a really I, good idea. I hadn't really thought. I just about it. feel like your your team should be on that. But we, we Cooper, actually, Phil and I actually recreated the block shot in the backyard of the mansion here. So I had to I had to remind him how it went. <laughs> he 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 went al he went along with it. So he he was a phenomenal phenomenal high school player. I was a junior. He was a senior. We never beat them when, when he was playing my senior year after he was a freshman at Carolina and won MVP of the ACC tournament. Um, we, we beat Rocky Mount four times, two in the regular season, one in a holiday tournament and one in the playoffs. So Phil Ford made a difference. I'll tell you that. That's for sure. 
He is certainly legendary at North Carolina. We appreciate you no taking doubt. time to join us. We we could do this all day. Yeah, so I, I probably could. I'm really getting the hook over here now. So <laughs> I, I am. Uh, I, they they know how much I love sports. Great talking to you guys. Thank you for what you do. It was we fun. appreciate it, Governor. Hope to see you all at right. Keenan sometime in the fall. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Governor. Griffin. All right. Bye. That's Joey, the, that was pretty interesting, my man. That's the first fan, a sitting governor. Tommy, the first thing I would say that that shocks me about this is I don't know how many politicians are, are actual sports fans, but politicians that can come in here and run down the upcoming roster for football and basketball. That that to me, and, and you know, I, I, I've seen him flex his his hockey knowledge before. Um I, I have not seen him kind of throw those sorts of nuggets out about basketball and football before. So it's pretty obvious that the guy that's in the governor's mansion right now is a huge Tar Heel. And, and, and we're certainly, certainly thankful that he made, made time in his, his schedule for us today to talk about some hot issues that he's actually involved with. Yeah. And I think uh, that's why, you know, it was interesting to me and I asked him why it should matter. And yeah. of course he talked about, everybody should matter in the state and that's accurate and all, but he also said, he's also a big time sports fan. And, and so you have that and you, you have him getting in, waiting in on the Tez Walker situation, waiting in and, and talking about realignment um, and talking about NIL. The interesting thing to me is, and this is something that we lose and we'll talk about this a plenty at inside Carolina, um, but I wanted to talk to you about it. We lose that aspect of realignment and you lose the aspect of the big four all being together. And for me, being an older guy, a little bit older than you, and then you have people that are older than me, the big four of Wake Forest, NC State, and Duke, and North Carolina, that was it back in the day. And that was a huge part of, you know, Tobacco Road's not called Tobacco Road because, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of tobacco fields. Of course, that's where it comes from, but Everybody knows Tobacco Road is those four schools. And where does that part of the game and part of the history go when you know the conferences blow up or whatever? So to that point and to his point there about the ACC, that's why the ACC and that's why a lot of people want the ACC to stick together. But I think it's fascinating to hear somebody and it's, it's really any, any governor, any, any, you know, statewide, elected official and all they got a lot of stuff going on yeah. they got to manage a lot of stuff and to be able to keep up with it and to be cognizant and follow sports and all and you know he's a carolina fan to boot which is a, a good thing i'm sure there'll be state fans and wake fans and all watching this and duke fans upset about that but to his point it's a lot bigger than um, just an individual fandom. This Walker thing is a lot bigger than that. It's a lot bigger than that on realignment and all. So it was a very interesting interview there, and, and Joey. And it's all you. You put it together, my man. Well, I just again, I just I'm in a lucky space where I knew I knew some people that know some people. But you're right, man. I think the the realignment thing. You know, would love to have heard because I'm sure I, I I know that he has opinions about realignment and economically what it would do to the state of North Carolina. Because your point, your opinion about or your point earlier about the, you know, the big four, that makes all the difference in the world. And I think if you start thinking about the the ACC, if you think about the ACC as we know it today, if it were to fragment and fracture off, or if it were to turn into something like um, the Atlantic Sun, and that's no disrespect to the Atlantic Sun, but economically, those two conferences are in a different stratosphere. 
much similar to like the ACC is in a different stratosphere from the SEC right now. If the ACC were to become something smaller, that trickles down to the schools and to the towns in which those schools operate. Um, you know, I mentioned to them about the game in Charlotte upcoming. That's going to be a significant, uh, even if they don't sell it out, it'll be a significant revenue generator for for the town of Charlotte. If you think about the lodging and the stuff around the stadium well before the NFL season starts. So, you know, we don't often think about politics uh, intersecting with sports that much. But when you again, when you have a governor that knows his stuff and when you have uh, sports economically having such an effect and such an imprint on on various you know various parts of his job, it makes a lot of sense why it would be important to him. And then, you know, to your point about the human issue around Tez Walker, he made it clear as day. If it would have been a student at any other school in these circumstances, he probably would have gotten involved as well. It just so happened that that the kid plays for UNC and he's being kind of handled uh, a little differently, shall we say, by the NCAA. Yeah, and, and and one other thing, and this is something I've mentioned a lot on these shows, is that going back to the ACC deal, you have the, the conference tournament that's been here an awful lot. You think about the academic economic impact of the conference tournament and whether it's Greensboro or Charlotte or wherever. I mean, if Carolina's in the Big Ten or the SEC, uh, whichever one you choose to, to want them to go to, that's not going to be a thing for North Carolina. It may be a thing for – you know, the ACC to still exist in some form somehow. But, you know, if, if those schools aren't in that tournament, that's a big deal to, to the state and all. And so it's more than just, you know, North Carolina, circling it back to inside Carolina and North Carolina. North Carolina needs to be in a situation where they're financially on equal footing as to people they compete against, without question. Yeah, and right now they are not. But when you dig deeper into this whole deal, you, you've got those sort of issues. Um, people talk about state legislatures getting involved and, and mm -hmm. whatnot. Well, you would hope that state legislatures or politicians or whatever that are getting involved and weighing in on certain things or thinking about those type things and not like, well, we just want to tow along little brother or, yeah. you know, the neighbor or whatever. So it's a lot more complex. And I think talking to Governor Cooper and listening to him talk about those aspects of it, I think it sort of sheds a different light on what we're all talking about in sure. a deeper way that is more, more, more um, impactful to everybody. So anyway, now, I don't mind saying to you, Tommy, I, uh, I, I, I feel like I, I missed a giant opportunity. I should have asked him if he got his tie from Johnny t-shirt. Um, and I did not do that because I wasn't thinking about it, but you know, you've got a, we've got some time on a governor's, uh, a governor's very busy calendar. You know, you got to take what you can get. So I hope Johnny T-shirt, our fine sponsors uh, over there on East Franklin Street, aren't upset with me for, for mentioning um, or for failing to mention Johnny T-shirt to Governor Cooper. But I'm sure he's he's a Chapel Hill guy, like you said, like he told us, double degree. I'm sure he knows. And when he gets to the, when he gets to Chapel Hill this fall, I'm sure he'll stop in at Johnny T-shirts on his own. And he's probably got his own special governor's code that's even better than the the ten percent IC premium code, right? Like he's probably got like Gov UNC one or something where he just immediately gets the governor's <laughs> deals and they like fly it over to the mansion or something like that. So anyway, I hope our friends over at Johnny T shirt aren't mad at me for missing an opportunity there, but we still love them and hope that I uh, hope that you all of you listening and watching the show will will love them as well. Yep, wrap it up, Joey. We got a ton of work going on at Inside Carolina. If you enjoyed this podcast, you'll enjoy the other ones we got going on. Um, 
you know, Joey doing work with Graham Boone, if you hadn't checked those out. If you're listening to these and you haven't listened to everything that came before it, you need to get on the feeds and listen to it. And you can get on the YouTube channel and, and watch mm-hmm. it. You can see the tie. If you're on the podcast feed, you can see the tie that Joey's talking that, about. Governor that Cooper was a choice. With Carolina that, was not ex- that was not accidental, Tommy. I'm betting on Without that. Without question, that was a <laughs> choice. And I, I chuckled when he first came on the screen. <laughs> I was like, the man knows his audience for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate you making time for me today and, and jumping on and talking with the governor. And hey, like you said, if if that that slight mention of realignment talk wasn't enough for the people listening, stick around because Tommy and the gang have a lot more realignment discussion for you uh, coming up very soon on InsideCarolina.com. But until next time, for Tommy Ashley, for the first fan, freaking Governor Roy Cooper joining us today. Thank you so much, Governor. I'm Joey Powell. We'll catch you next time on InsideCarolina.com special podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better because my all-new santa fe is available with h-track all-wheel drive so i can hit the trail without a worry in the world Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.